Hey everybody, it's Shaman Sister Sin, and you're listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by BetterHelp.com and LittleShaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. Today I thought we could talk about something that is unfortunately almost universal in situations that involve narcissistic personalities, and that is that they always seem to see themselves as the victim. No matter how used to that you are, no matter how educated you are, it can still be shocking to see someone so blatantly and obviously mistreat other people or screw them over, then go on and on and on about how they are the victim in this situation. And they're so sincere. They're so indignant and so hurt and so self-righteous. They're so very, very convinced that they are the injured party here and that's all that really matters. And they're often smug about it as well. For the narcissistic personality, even though victims are by definition powerless, there is power in being a victim. Because if you're powerless, you're not responsible for anything. If you're a victim, it's not okay for people to even suggest that you might be responsible for anything. That's music to a narcissist's ears. It is the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card. Therefore, it's the one that narcissists are constantly throwing down. There are only villains and victims in the narcissist world. And if you are the victim, you can never be the villain. That means everything you do is justified and not your fault. If, in fact, you did anything, which, of course, you didn't. Not only is this complete immersion in a victim identity often shocking coming from a person who is so very clearly hurting other people, it's also really frustrating. No matter what you try to tell this person, no matter how you try to explain things, they still just keep saying the same thing. They're the victim, whether of circumstances, other people, you... Either way, the story is always the same. They didn't do anything wrong, and even if they did do something wrong, it's not their fault and they're not responsible. In fact, you are horrible for even suggesting otherwise. At first glance, it's common for people to believe that the more grandiose or overtly narcissistic personalities don't engage in this behavior or have this mindset. However, closer examination of the situation almost always reveals it. It doesn't have to be framed as a hard luck story or a pity party or woe is me to still be the same thing. And at the bottom of it all is always the same story. They are the victim and that is believed to be a valid excuse for literally anything. Can't hold a job? That's somebody else's fault. Never did anything really with their lives? That's somebody else's fault. Don't take care of their adult responsibilities? That's somebody else's fault. Got caught doing something wrong? That's somebody else's fault. Somebody made them or tricked them or provoked them or didn't tell them or sabotaged them or got in their way or did something that caused this thing to happen to them. They did not do anything except react to what was being done to them, and that's not their fault. They had no choice but to feel offended or upset or angry or powerless or controlled or provoked or whatever and react to that in a totally unhealthy, totally toxic way that hurt other people, sabotaged themselves, ruined something, or otherwise had some kind of harmful negative consequence. Unfortunately, this belief is often supported by society in general. There are many people who are not narcissists, but will still jump to the conclusion that if somebody's a victim, nothing they do is wrong so long as it's being done to a villain. Victims in our society are venerated, even revered in some ways. They receive attention, support, sometimes they receive material things or money, and in many situations they're not held accountable for their behavior. 
Supporting actual victims is a wonderful thing that often happens in our society, but somebody would have to be a total fool not to see how this works, and most narcissists are not total fools. Even people who are not very intelligent can figure this out really easily because it's not only human nature, but it's very easy to exploit. And most narcissists likely had it figured out before they were ever even adults. Be seen as a victim and you'll never be held responsible for anything. Not only that, but you can attack people who do attempt to hold you responsible for your actions and other people might even condone that. They might even join you in that. This mindset is very dangerous. It creates a situation where whatever one does, no matter how unsafe, unfair, unhealthy, abusive, or toxic, is justified because it's considered to be not within their power to control. Remember, victims are powerless by definition. Or if it is within their power to control, they still only chose to do it because they had no other choice given the circumstances. It's totally justified and understandable, and anybody else would do the same thing. This appears to be what narcissistic personalities truly believe, which is why they might show quote-unquote proof or offer explanations for things that actually make them look bad, but they don't realize that. If they did, they wouldn't have offered that proof or that explanation because it often has the opposite effect of the one that they were looking for. Proof narcissists offer that they're being mistreated very often demonstrates their unreasonable, ridiculous, callous, and unfair behavior toward other people and the toxic, unhealthy mindsets that drive that behavior. Part of the problem appears to be that narcissistic people don't actually understand what mistreatment is within the context of themselves versus other people. Many of them seem to believe that being asked or required to do literally anything that they don't want to do is being mistreated. They also tend to feel powerless over their own lives, choices, and reactions, which means they constantly feel controlled by others. The idea that they should have to earn anything or perform to some sort of standard is deeply, deeply offensive and hurtful to these people. It appears to communicate to them that they're not good enough and or that they're somehow being used or taken advantage of by other people. Many narcissists do not appear to understand the concepts of reciprocal relationships, healthy give and take, or earning things at all. They shouldn't have to earn anything or give anything in order to receive, including respect. And if you are trying to make them, you're abusing them. You're forcing them to perform. This seems to be the sort of baseline thinking that they operate from, the infantile entitlement in which others owe them something just for existing. The shame, rejection, and rage they feel from being forced to earn something is probably not really understandable to a person who's not a narcissist. If you really cared about them, they wouldn't have to perform like some trained monkey for whatever scraps you feel like throwing them. You would just give it to them, and since you won't, you're a bad person. You don't really care. You're an enemy. The way this is often translated into adult articulation is as arrogance and an adult brand of entitlement, but that doesn't really appear to be the true cause of this. It appears to be the type of entitlement that we see in very young children who assume their needs will be provided for not just first, but absolutely without question, since they always have been and since small children have no way to provide for these needs themselves. That's what temper tantrums are in both adults and children. You won't give me what I want and I feel upset or hurt or scared or rejected or some type of way about that. So I rage at you because I can't do anything else about it. Adults are supposed to have better coping mechanisms than that and they're supposed to be capable of fulfilling their own needs. 
These people seem unable to do that, so they respond the same way that babies and small children do, with hysteria, with rage, violence, whatever else. And just to be clear, the silent treatment is rage, and it absolutely can be categorized as a temper tantrum. And as an aside, just because something is being called a temper tantrum because that's what it is, this doesn't mean that it's not dangerous. Adult temper tantrums can result in people getting killed. They're very dangerous. We can make the argument that this infantile entitlement is the true reason behind the narcissist entitled or arrogant behavior because someone who simply feels that they're being asked to do something that they believe is beneath them, for example, doesn't usually demonstrate this level of emotion in response to that. This appears to be rooted in much deeper, much bigger emotions than arrogance or the type of entitlement we see in adults. This is a primal rage and fear at being put off and possibly being forgotten, which signals extreme danger to the infant mind. That fear of being forgotten triggers shame more often than not. If they were important, if they were good enough, if they were worthy, they'd never be put off or forgotten. This is, of course, ridiculous, and more than that, it doesn't even need to be feared or reacted to because it's not actually happening, but that doesn't really matter. Narcissists struggle terribly with disproportionate toxic shame. It is a core feature of this personality structure, and that shame, or perhaps more accurately, avoiding that shame, is one of the biggest driving forces behind almost everything they think, feel, and do. It's probably their biggest and most formidable enemy. It's important to remember this is not shame about doing things that hurt other people or anything that includes awareness of the impact of their actions. It is not being ashamed of one's behavior. It is toxic, crushing, primitive shame for themselves over the perception that they have been judged as not worthy. For pathologically narcissistic personalities, everything is rigidly extreme black and white. You're either good or bad. If you're good, you are worthy and you deserve everything, literally everything. Life, love, respect, material things, everything. Good people deserve and get good things. If you're bad, you deserve nothing. You're toxic waste, you're scum, trash. You don't deserve to live. Bad people deserve and get bad things. Within this extremely rigid framework and definition regarding good and bad, there's no room for being a human being at all. And no understanding that these things are ridiculously rigid to the point of being almost silly. It's like cartoonish. This is why narcissists live in such denial. If you do anything wrong or make any mistakes, if you aren't right all the time, you're not a good person forever now. If you don't get good things, that's proof that you're not a good person because good people get good things. These are not necessarily the narcissist's personal standards either, by the way. This appears to be the way that they believe things actually work. In trying to survive within that framework, which is impossible for anybody, they have had to find a way to combat the shame that comes from just simple human stuff because they have no other coping mechanisms with which to deal with that. And that makes sense if you have this ridiculous belief that making one mistake or having a flaw or doing an error means suddenly you're worthy of nothing, so you would need something to combat that. Narcissists seem to be unable to experience or view themselves except through their interactions with other people, particularly via comparisons and contrasts. Because of that, in order to stop the tidal wave of shame that comes from seeing themselves as bad, they have to transfer that identity or status to somebody else. If they can't do that, they legitimately cannot feel better. Somebody has to be forced to receive this status or this identity, to take the role, in other words. Because if they don't, the narcissist cannot assume the identity of the blameless person in the equation. 
They can't transform themselves into the good or perhaps more accurately, the less bad guy in the situation. In order for them to be good, somebody else has to be bad, period. It might be a bit complicated to understand, but in function, it really is as simple as that. Me good, you bad. Me winner, you loser. Me smart, you stupid. Me nice, you mean. Me angel, you devil, right? Very, very simple here. And that makes sense. If you think about it, it isn't enough to look in a mirror and say, I am Bobby. Because for narcissists, those words don't mean anything. They need to look in the mirror and be able to say, I am Bobby and I see that Bobby is smart because Jimmy is stupid. Or I am Ricky and I see that Ricky is a winner because Robert is a loser. Or I am Phil and I see that Phil is a good guy because Paul is a bad guy. This appears to be because the narcissist's identity is so unstable that without something to compare and contrast it against, it really has no form or focus. They certainly can't see it without these comparisons and contrasts. That's why everything seems to be a competition with them. Not only do they need to win because winning equals good, but they have to constantly compare and contrast themselves against others in order to see themselves. Remember, you are the mirror they are looking in to see themselves. Without another person to compare themselves to, to reflect off of, in other words, there's nothing to see. It's like a mirror without the silvering. It's just a pane of glass. There's nothing there without a reflection. Narcissists who don't have somebody else to compare themselves to are looking through a pane of glass at nothing. This would potentially feed the egocentrism of narcissists as well. Since they would be constantly looking for information and feedback and reflections from other people to inform their own self-image, it's possible that that could cause them to automatically assume that everything someone else does, says, or thinks has some kind of meaning for them about them or to try to find some meaning for themselves about themselves in these things if they possibly can. And they always can find something because anything can be turned into anything if you look hard enough. Anything can be made to be about you if that's all you're ever thinking about, if that's the only context you have. For narcissists, just like with everybody else's basic functions, this is all automatic. That's why they're so quick to accuse other people of having this behavior and these mindsets. How would they ever really be able to conceive of somebody not needing to do that? It's important to understand this because it really is a very fundamental difference between narcissists and other people, and it's one of the many things that make these relationships so horrible. For the narcissist, relationships are essentially contests that they need to win because of what we just talked about. Wars that they're fighting for their survival. They cannot take the shame of being seen having even small failures or mistakes. They can't really take the shame of being seen at all, and they really only have one way to deal with that force somebody else to take that shame from them so they can get rid of it. They need to convince themselves that they're not bad, and in order to do that, they have to try to convince the other person that they are the bad one. It's the only way this works, and that means that these relationships will virtually always be abusive or at the very least extremely toxic. This perpetuates and compounds the shame they feel because the worse they behave, the worse their reflection from others becomes. Remember, it's not about awareness of their own behavior or the negative impact they have on other people. It's about being seen as not good. The ever-present shame that they carry causes them to treat others badly initially, which causes others to then see them as less than flawless, to put it mildly, which creates more shame, which leads to more mistreatment of other people, and so on and so on and so on. This creates an ugly cycle that is impossible to stop or correct, and it usually only gets worse over time. 
Perhaps the most confusing aspect of this entire thing is that even though narcissists are often being manipulative with their claims of victimhood, they very likely really believe in these claims also. They really do believe they are the victim. It's easy to believe that these things are mutually exclusive, but they're not. A thing can be true, or believed to be true, and still be used as leverage or a tool to manipulate. For example, it can be true that someone has an illness. They might really be sick, but they can also use that illness, they can use that fact to try to manipulate other people. This appears to be a similar thing. Sometimes it's this exact thing. And why not? You might say it's gross or disgusting and toxic for someone to use what they legitimately believe to be their own trauma and mistreatment to basically extort things from other people, but narcissists aren't embarrassed to use anybody for anything. Why shouldn't that include themselves? It absolutely does. Many of these personalities have no limits and no line they will not cross, so it should not come as a surprise to anyone, though again, it is often still shocking. Narcissists in many ways are the quintessential victims. No matter the situation or the relationship, they are always being treated the worst and their pain or injustice is always the most important. When they get older, their regrets often center around not having lived the amazing, accomplished, successful lives they could have lived if only other people had let them. If only the world had given them the chance, if only fate had not been so cruel, their self-centeredness and egocentricity will continue to constantly hurt and shock you, as will their complete inability to see that other people matter in any way. If you're dealing with a pathologically narcissistic personality, it's important to understand that you're not going to be able to bypass this victim mentality somehow or make them see otherwise. Their whole personality structure is set up to believe this, and they really, really need to do that. If they have to completely deny, discard, or reinterpret reality to make it fit, they will. These personalities are at war with reality because the reality of themselves and their lives is simply too difficult for them to deal with. It's essentially imperative to know that because they will not ever be able to live in the world that you live in. They live within their own narrative and they are always on the defense against the omnipresent threat of reality. They work essentially nonstop to reaffirm and repair that against the constant damage caused by reality. This is more than a difference of opinion or perception. It's more than what can be addressed by accepting new information or seeing other people's perspectives. It just isn't going to change and there will always be constant conflict and problems with this person because of it. I hope that clears a few things up for you. As always, I look forward to your comments, questions, and suggestions, so please keep those coming. I take appointments online, over the phone, via text, via messenger, via email, and through Skype worldwide. So if you're interested in speaking with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. I teach workshops, clinics, and seminars, so if you're interested in seeing what we're running this month, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. And if you would like to join our support group with access to exclusive content and and weekly support meetings, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. We've opened up subscriptions on the channel, so if you're interested in seeing what the perks for that are, you can use the link down below in the description of this video. You've been listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by BetterHelp.com and LittleShaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. May the Great Spirit bless you. Have a beautiful day.